Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one, Unlikely Saviors, written by Lostfall. Nagar stared in wonder at the black ring at the center of the old government building in the middle of the forbidden quarter. One point, these people had feared it more than anything. That was before the destroyers had arrived. Their legend said demons came from the ring, but the sad reality was showing that they came from the heavens. He spat out a grit and he felt in his mouth. It was impossible to avoid when the air was full of it. He didn't want to think about the source of the ash that coated everything. He knew that it was from the cities, the same cities that had been burned from their world, and that was his wife and children had been lost in. He was tired. Their government had fallen, and they had long since lost any connection with any other resistance pockets. Far as he knew, they were the last of the resistance he knew, however, that they had already lost. They had been unable to stand against the forces they face. The technology of these aliens had far exceeded his own, and they could not match them in one-on-one -on -one combat. He sat lost in misery and stared at the dreaded ring. He knew their priests had always warned to never approach it, never interact with it, but it didn't seem to matter. Such warnings were an artifact of a world raised to the ground. Up close, he couldn't help but admire how gigantic the ring was. The pictures he had seen had never really managed to convey the true scale. He could feel the cold creeping in as the sun began to set, the light somehow swallowed by the ring's surface, no matter the angle from which it shone. The golden-green rays of the planet's sun began to set behind the ruins of the ancient capital. He began to feel this system beckoning him to rest. He knew dawn would bring the final assault and an end to his people. Perhaps it is bitterness and spite, or just acceptance of his fate, but as Nagar got up, he decided to would take a closer look at the ring, probably the first of his people in generations to get within a thousand feet of it. He was not scared of what might lurk inside the bowels. That last bit of fear had died on the same day as his family. Part of him almost hoped that he would unleash the mythical demons of Babel upon their invaders. However, they no longer seemed such an ominous menace. His race's impeding death removed all such feelings of threat. His mind drifted to how it had all started as he ran his hand across the smooth metal. They had hit our colonies only months ago, he bitterly thought as he ran his hands over the smooth, dull black surface of the ring. Never dreamed then that it would come to this, our entire civilization reduced to dust by those cybernetic insectoid monstrosities. I wonder what happened to the other races. Nagar idly thought as he walked around the ring. I'm surprised to see you here, Nagar suddenly heard, interrupting his thoughts. Honored Cassell, Nagar started, 
Realizing that the highest rank cleric still alive was addressing him, it struck him that touching the dark ring was the highest form of heresy. Perhaps there were still remnants of the old world in dead space. Just Casal, please, the priest responded, motioning him to relax. We both know that a few weeks ago I was merely a local priest. I figured I might as well come and see it. I always believed this ring would bring an end to our world. I know. It seems ironic that our last stand would be here, the girl replied, looking back at the disc. I think they know it's here. The last reports I heard, they'd avoided going near the one in orbit too, Cassell replied. We have lost a god emperors. I fear our hope has lost with them. I know, Nagar replied with a glint of reflection from the last rays of the sun played across the ring's surface. But that was impossible. The ring didn't reflect light. Turning towards it, Nagar found himself facing a red figure. About his height, but the slight build, the being appeared to be the maid of light. Hello, my name is Anna. What's yours? it asked. Under any other circumstances, facing a mythical demon formed of light would have caused him to run, but it felt like a dream. Considering what he knew morning light would deliver, his apparition contained little threat, yet he still found himself jumping backwards. As he collected his wits, he motioned to Cassell to move towards himself. I, uh, I'm Nagar. Are, are you a demon? At this, the apparition giggled. In the dark, it was becoming clear that Anna's form was ephemeral of red light, the long hairs emerging from her scalp, and the fabric covering her body, moving as if animated by a breeze only she could sense. No, I'm a diplomat, Anna replied with an appeared to be a smile on her face. As the dark set in, her features became clear. Cassel broke the silence. Ancients, but they have not been seen in over a thousand years. Looking at the priest, Nagar was struck by the look of awe and fear he saw in his eyes. Any doubts that he had dissipated, this is surely one of the demons of old. What is your name? Anna asked. She seemed harmless, not at all threatening like the legends told. Even Cassell started to calm some, but Nagar couldn't help but suspect that this was a welcome distraction from what was to come. Despite his fear, he decided talking to her would not make the situation worse. My name is Nagar. This is Cassell. We are amongst the last of our people. As this, Anna's smile vanished. Instead, Nagar couldn't help but feel she was looking at something wise in such matters. The last? What do you mean? What happened? Anna asked, her voice gentle, but the concern in it seemed genuine. Cassell was the one to respond this time. Oh, demon... I'm not a demon. What happened? Anna replied, cutting me off with a glance. We were attacked. Our people are almost gone. Nagar replied. Casal seemed taken aback by the curt reply that the apparition had given him. To this, Anna became visibly upset. How bad is it? Please tell me all you know. We may be able to help. She replied. It seems so absurd that there, on the eve of death, talking to a demon of Babel... And Nogar, however, didn't see how this could make the des desperate situation worse. Despite these reservations, as Casal began to tell Anna of what happened, Nogar found himself adding to the story. Simply having the apparition of another race here and winning to listen was soothing. They would at least go to tell someone what had happened to their people. After several hours and the conclusion of the saga, Anna looked at them both, nodding sagely. 
Thank you for telling me this. I shall talk to my people. If we can help, would you accept this based on the meeting of our conditions? What conditions? There are too few of us left to fight, Nagar replied. We would not require you to fight, nor would we require any material payment. Instead, uh, would you join a federation as equals? Anna replied. It seemed surreal that he was talking to a ghost of people long since extinct, but did the promise of a dead hold any weight? These people had always honored their word, though. No vow was without sincerity. Nagar turned to Gasol, but the priest was entranced with the apparition before them. We are not in a position to argue, but I cannot see a reason we wouldn't, Nagar eventually replied. At this, Anna smiled for the first time since the invasion was mentioned. Fair point, let me talk to my people. Suddenly, Anna vanished like the light going out. Nagar and Kessel sat staring at a ring in silence for a few minutes before Kessel spoke. Did that actually happen? I would not have believed it if you'd not been here to witness, but we should go back to the camp. The final attacks are mere hours away, Nagar replied. He doubted anything would come of it. He dared not let his hope grow, but there was a part of him that defied his pragmatic self, hoping nonetheless. As they approached the camp, though, a loud boom sounded from the ancient relic that they had left. It was loud enough to prompt them to dive for cover, looking back only to marvel at the sudden flood of light. From where the relic was, a column of demons marched, demons straight from their most sacred texts. Nagar felt a mixture of emotions roll over him as the realization that he had summoned the demons of Babel. Commander Thresher was shocked when Anna had awakened him and pinged his console. But Taka were a warlike conquerors who had turned isolationist over a thousand years prior after the humans had curbed their slave trade. The sudden reactivation of their gate and opening of the communications was the last thing anyone had expected. Looking over the intel, though, it all made sense. So he alerted General Carver and sent a situation briefing. It was not surprised when less than an hour later he saw the authorization to attack. He couldn't help but silently hope humanity would finally find these demons of Babel all the races spoke of. Of Lisbeth's ground army moved through the Sol land base gate. He knew that the 75th and 83rd fleets would be moving through the orbital gate with four carriers of orbital insertion heavies and full of fighter complements. He didn't know what the enemy was yet, but his orders were to save the Bartaka. Nagar awoke with a start as a thunderous noise as if someone had torn the very heavens open. As he stumbled from his shelter, he looked up and for a moment thought the world was ending. The sky was filled with streaks of fire racing towards the ground, debris from broken ships, as he later realized. As he watched the burning remains rain down, he felt a shudder through the air as something set the sky ablaze in a fiery explosion. Nagar, what have we done? came Kessel's voice from the dark near him, his eyes fixed on the molten rain. We have survived, though I do not know the cost. We have survived, Nagar replied quietly. As he looked back towards the ancient shadowed ruins, he felt a chill. The entire horizon was ablaze with brilliant orange and red hues of fire. Just moments earlier, Hive Mother Kellerin had could taste victory. 
Across the planet, her drones made ready for the final assault on the few pockets of resistance. She had known that soon at the last, the planet's biomass would be hers to feed her fleet. The hive would swell and the bounty and move on to the next world and feed. Knowing that she would lose Strone, she had left them with their orders to be detached, and she didn't want to feel their deaths. But before the assault should have begun, something happened. The very sky erupted. She immediately started to reach out, searching for more drones to touch. To her horror, she found many silent, with no response to a song. A song that they could not ignore, meaning that they must be gone. Finally, she found a single drone of the millions that she had tasked with the morning push. Reaching into its mind, she recoiled the chittering terror emanating from the overwhelming. A drone should not be capable of such strong emotion. Despite her initial shock, she reached back. She had to know what was happening. She asserted her will, forcing the drone to show her the source of its fear. Slowly, the drone calmed, allowing her to see its memories. The first rays of the system's old sun, cresting the morning sun, should have triggered the swarm to launch its attack. The low light, easily countered by the cybernetic implants. All appeared normal at first, before suddenly the world erupted in fire and metal. All around the drone, its comrades had boiled in their carapaces, or were shredded by explosions that caused the very ground beneath them to roil. The ferocity of the attack was unlike anything that she had seen before. Despite her drone shielding and cybernetics, the damage rendered their advantages moot. She found herself lost in the memory, surrounded by the scene from the mythic howl of a hundred civilizations. As the flames cleared and the thunder ceased, she began to see flashes in the hellscape. The initial noises of the groans of the dying were soon drowned out in the whine of strange vehicles. The whine soon faded to the drone's memories behind the sounds of the strange infantry as they walked through the remains of the swarm and the crack of their weapons as they dispatched survivors. Dark shapes lumbered forward, burning and dispatching the former swarm with an almost callous detachment. In the centuries of her life, she had seen creatures fight in anger, battle lust and desperation. This cold, dispassionate efficiency before her was more terrifying. Realization dawned on her. She had heard of creatures like this. The eldest of the high swarms had warned them of the demons of Babel, even shown them the sign they were never to go near rings lest they draw in the demons, one of their oldest laws. In a panic, she broadcasted the hive mother above a warning. What have they done? Despite the words that she had consumed, she recalled the horror stories of her youth. Even as she broadcast, she could see the flashes in the sky. The death was already there. As Kotsa, the Alak, came through the portal, he again couldn't help but feel the awe at the human military. He had long since broken the habit of calling them demons. 
The sheer size and brutality of their armored infantry was intimidating even without the additional firepower of their vehicles. He couldn't help but notice the reds of flame trooper uniforms he saw in the camp as he approached the command tent. Even the sight of them made him cringe. The bodies they had found following the liberation of Dal Ark emulated in the streets drifted into his memory. As he approached the tent, he could make out the diplomat, a small female cyborg, about Simon's age, he would guess. Across from her was a mass of black armor he knew to be Commander Thresher. His helmet was off and his face held some look-hard look as it always did. Godza, good to see you. Have some friends for you to meet. The commander greeted without looking up from his command table. The interactive display showed the human line rapidly moving through the what resistance was left. Off to the side, two reptilian-looking creatures stood. They still had a look of shock on their faces, probably not far off the look Kotsa had had when he first met the humans. Hello, I'm Ambassador Kotsa of the Alerk. I'm here to represent the Federation. We would like to open diplomatic channels. He began smoothing down his plumes, looking at the two reptilian creatures across from him. He couldn't help but remember his own people's salvation from the Dorlak by the demons. Of course, he knew better than to call the humans that. They still believed they hunted them. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed and if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.